Welcome to Cornerstone's Pastors Podcast. Pastor Scott here with Pastors Brian and Matt. And we are today. Hey. <laughs> I gave you a I gave you I gave you a window. Give you a tiny window. I was distracted because you you're wearing sandals. I see your feet. I'm just distracted. <laughs> Man, it's it's hot today. Um <laughs> cool. Let's move on. No, you said it's hot. <laughs> today we are going to. What are we gonna do? <laughs> What's today? We're gonna. We're, we're, we should we're do one of these live, it. by the way. Brian, hey, who wants to do a live one of these? Brian wanted to talk about nothing. He just wanted to just record, hit record, and see what happens. I voted that that was a poor idea. Look, I think we're just. I think everyone's curious as to what would happen if record was pushed, and then we just let things play out. And I, I absolutely think you're right. I also think it's the last podcast they would listen to. I don't think so. I think everyone is just sitting on the edge of their seat. I don't know if you guys heard, but this is the number one podcast <laughs> in Cornerstone West LA. Very popular. To be fair, what would happen is it would be the podcast is the most listened to for the first five minutes. That, exactly. 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 Well, what would if you were going to say something interesting, Brian, to really captivate people within this first five minutes? What would it be? That's not how it works. The point is to let things play out organically. I know. I'm, organically, I'm asking you, what would you say? <laughs> so we're so we're less than five minutes in. So we're going to pivot. Yeah. yeah okay. To Let's an actual pivot. topic. A real topic. <laughs> I concede. <laughs> Which is how should we relate to government recommendations regarding social distancing, et, et cetera, right? Like it's, and I think part of this question comes up because it's been a couple of months at this point. And I think when, when everything was new, everybody's like, oh, you know what? Like safety, I'm all for that. Like let's, yeah, let's do whatever it takes. But as it becomes two months, three months, four, right? Like the, the longer things go, I think the more restless people get and the more they begin to question, wait, like, how should I, like, do I need to listen? Like, is this something I should follow? Like, how do I relate to the, the, the governing authorities? And, and not only, not only their, their requirements and the rules they put down, but e even their recommendations. I think, you know, I think uh, the recommendations they have for how to, um, yeah, how to proceed most, most safely and, and, and in a way that's best for kind of society at large. So uh, how, I mean, in general, how do you, how should we relate to government recommendations and regulations? Just period. That's the question. Let's start there. We should probably listen to them, but I would agree with that. But why, Matt? Because the government's always right. So, the <laughs> <laughs> I guess it really comes down to what you define as government. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that uh, we could get philosophical, but I, I think in general, um, you know, the, the uh, we live in a society where we are allowed to, and it's uh, a positive thing in a lot of ways to not always agree with everything your government does, and it's it's an acceptable reality of, of the fact of living in a democracy, and there's a lot of good things that come with that, and we 100% support that. But the Bible also is very clear that we are called as Christians to listening to the listen to the governing authorities over us. Um, and that was written in a time, Romans 13 was written in a time when the uh, Roman emperor is persecuting Christians, right? Mm -hmm. So this is, this is not um, a, an optional thing for us. It's something that we as Christians are called to obey the, um, the governing authorities over us um, as long as they're not 
demanding that we disobey God and the higher authority over them. So, so specifically, right, you're talking about Romans chapter, the beginning of Romans chapter 13, which, which says, starting with verse 1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. Um, and th- there's there's a lot there, right? But And, and there's a lot we could <laughs> dive into. Um, and I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> And so I want to but steer, I don't but think, I, no, I don't yeah, think, yeah. I don't I think want, you want to hear. No, I mean, someone might. I could start my own podcast. You, you are welcome. The number two to podcast. start the number two podcast. <laughs> in Quarter Quarter Stone Stone Church. <laughs> Pastors politics with Matt Kleinian. <laughs> Literally, I will tell you. When I was in high school, I had a live journal uh, <laughs> for our for politics in our in our in our high school class, which. Was re- it's called journal? Marina Marina Politics, and it was it was riveting. I tell you what, <laughs> there was at least four people who read it. Do we still have access to any of that content? I I I might have printed it all out at some point in um, all my posts. They were very well researched. And if you would like those uh, snail mailed to you, Matt is happy to do so. I am. Mean, I have I have That's all the of them. That's the beginning of. I can fax them to you. That's very good. Fax. We do have a fax machine. Here. <laughs> we do. So the general principle here, though, right, is that God institutes governing authorities and that, that uh, and a part of this isn't right. He, he doesn't say obey them because they're like they're perfect. No. Right. He, he, he says that in this, he, he's getting at the fact that, that Christians ought to have a, uh, by our very nature, a, a spirit of humility that is ready, that, 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 that lives ready to submit to authority. Because we live under God's authority, right? Because God is our ultimate authority. We're, we're familiar with authority. We actually love authority because of, of, of the ways that that relates to us in, in, um, as, as Christians. Like our new, our new selves, our, 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 our new man, our, our culture is one that lives under benevolent, loving authority. And so we're ones that, that ought to be familiar with uh, that. And that we also recognize that God places authorities um, in different times and different places and that he is sovereign over all of that. And so unless it is that that authority is asking us to sin, unless that authority is asking us to disobey the ultimate authority, God, we, we ought to be like the principle is, yeah, we ought to be submitting to that authority as well. So let, let's, but how does that then apply in a situation like this where there's maybe, you know, unique rules, things that are changing every couple of weeks, sometimes guidelines, conflicting, sometimes, sometimes conflicting, conflicting yeah. kind of recommendations at different points, which is, you know, that's a, re- a real struggle. Well, part, I mean, part of it is going to have to be just like a posture that doesn't co- bring everything back down to how much you like it or dislike it personally as mm. like the barometer for whether or not you're going to obey that's good. or like try and figure it out. I personally dislike being stuck in my home for seven weeks. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, I just think that's like Romans thirteen. It, yeah, it's, it's complicated, and the question of Christians and government is it can be very thorny in different situations. But there's just sort of a, a tenor that uh, across the board that says that we're a people that tend to humble ourselves before others. We're people that tend to think about our neighbor more than ourselves. We're a people that tend to say, 
if if it's not something I would choose or prefer, that's not kind of the biggest factor in my decision making. Mm. And so as we get into situations where it's getting harder and there are conflicting recommendations, there's a there's a, 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 a temptation to say, who knows? Who cares? You know, I'm just going to kind of, you know, this is all dumb anyway. Do the, or thing that I, do the thing that seems best to me. Yeah. yeah. And for some people, that's like like staying super duper quarantined. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. people, it, it's like, ah, I'm over it. But at some level, I think that the initial response is I need to care enough about the truth, God, my neighbor, to try and parse through this and live responsibly for the sake of, you know, loving others. Mm-hmm. And so that's typically going to take a posture of humility and obedience unless you're pushed into arenas of sin by the authorities. So just that posture issue to me is, is one of the big things in yeah. a time like this. And, and, and what I think it's so fascinating, right? Because this posture, it, it, it ought to be familiar to us, but it's not familiar in our world, right? Because this is, I mean, this is just a, an incredible snapshot of the upside down nature of God's kingdom, right? It, where, where in God's kingdom, we're, we're not striving for power. We're not striving for, um, for individualism, right? We, we, in God's upside-down kingdom, he calls us to manifest the, the, the love of Christ and to consider others more significant than ourselves, to, to have a, a spirit, a, a general spirit of, of, of humility, of, of gentleness, of, of meekness um, that, that, that isn't looking, that, that's willing to, I guess I, guess I say, that, that's, that's willing to stand up and fight when necessary, when absolutely necessary, but it's not looking for a fight. Right. And because God has because God is our protector and 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 we, you know, exist under his authority and under the authority even of the governments where we live. And I think that gets really thorny, especially now as we head into the hyper politicized perspective of the pandemic at this point where. Um, who would have thought that the divisions <laughs> of our world would somehow have infiltrated this <laughs> pandemic? Um, but yeah, I mean, that it, it is a, an even more important time to stop and reflect on what are the principles that guide us as Christians in the public sphere, mm. in our social responsibilities, not just as um, individuals. I think that's a very, it's a challenging point, and I would say it's, maybe counterintuitive to mm. us naturally, but something that is really important to take into consideration. So, so what about, what about the, the church as a whole, right? Like even the church as an organization, like is that, is that any different for the church as an organization or, or do we intend to kind of follow that same ethic, follow those same principles as we make decisions um, about, you know, the, the appropriateness of our gathering, the appropriateness of the activities we engage in, the appropriateness of the, of, of the uh, things we encourage people to do. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's <clears throat> very similar. I think mm-hmm. we're trying to make sure that we, we respect and obey and take a posture of humility when possible towards, um, towards the governing authorities in our life. And so whether it's, you know, whether an individual wants to, you know, go do something they want to do or not, um, it's the same for us, you know, wh- whether we want to follow the recommendations. We want to be good citizens. We want mm-hmm. to be people who help and add good and benefit to the society around us. And unless these government recommendations are going to be pushing us into a place where we're, we're living counter to the calling we received as God's people, mm-hmm. um, then I see no reason not to do that. Yeah, I, I would say if you're out there and you're praying for things, hopefully you are, 
please pray for wisdom for us. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says if you lack wisdom, ask in James one and God, who is the God of all wisdom, will grant it to you. We need wisdom. Like we, we don't we, there's not like a playbook for this. We need wisdom in how to navigate these things. So as your leaders, we're trying to be faithful. We're not just like, you know, blindly following one thing or another. Like we're we're trying to be faithful to our role as citizens, our role in our society, mm-hmm. what's best for the health and safety of people. And um, just we need wisdom as we navigate yeah. that. Absolutely. And, and I think that it like we, we want to affirm to you, right, that that we're just as we would encourage you to develop a, a, a heart that is that that is humble and, and that joyfully submits to your authorities. We we want to recognize that as, as shepherds and pastors, we, we're trying to engender that. We want to engender that heart as well, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to gender, engender that heart, a, a heart n- of, of humility, right? A, a heart of, of gender, of considering others more significant. And, and that's, and applying that in real time is going to, is like you said, Matt, I think it's going to require a lot of wisdom, right? That for this week, for next week, for, I think, I think for a number of, of, of coming months. So I, I actually, I want to, I want to get to where we'd kind of talked about getting, before, but as, as a bridge there, I, I want to, I do want to ask, I, I think a lot of, I don't know, out there in the, you know, the Twitterverse, the Facebook world, that, that. Hasn't Twitter just become just a, a happy and loving place oh right man. now? It's, <laughs> it's like, like, it's like only, Barney. Oh, only happier. Uh, but, but like out there, there seems to be this rising concern about religious liberty that, that like Christians are, are resonate with, right. That, 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 that people, and maybe even people in our church are like, Oh, wait, 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 if this is an affront against Christian, against religious liberty, maybe, maybe I should be ready to fight. Like, so, I mean, we're, we're here right in California, in Los Angeles with our own, you know, unique the Holy we, Land, we, we, <laughs> right? Uh, Governor Newsom, Mayor Garcetti are putting in different, like, re- both restrictions and recommendations and, and things that, that, that they're trying to, like, uh, is our religious liberty at risk? Like, do we need to stand up and push back against them right now? Like, is this like a fight we need to take up? No, <laughs> I, just no. Um, it's an incredibly complicated question on one level. Mm-hmm. Um, on another level, it's actually really simple because no, th- there, there's nothing about what any governing authority has said about this particular issue, and and you know, safer at home orders and things like that. Nothing about that has infringed on any religious liberty. That uh, that I, I don't see any kind of mm-hmm. crusade to take something away that no one's going to give back. I, I don't see any of those sorts of things. What Matt's got to look on his face. Crusade, you said crusade. That's funny. Crusade. That was it. I thought you had something real. <laughs> no, I was gonna say there, religious liberty is a real thing. Yes, that is a real issue in the world broadly yes. that yeah. has to be considered. And we, and I were advocates of religious liberty, a hundred percent. Absolutely. But I think we, that, that broadly we need to be both concerned about and have eyes to see. Yeah. Uh, attacks on, and that's where it gets really re- complicated in a certain way because of all the different ways that's going to express itself and how. We understand uh, uh, politics in, in that philosophical sense that Matt's talking about. There's just lots of ways that we could have a really long discussion on what mm-hmm. that religious liberty should look like or does look like or where it's going or where it's headed. Mm-hmm. But in this specific instance of how we're handling this virus in the country, mm-hmm. there has been no evidence uh, in, in L.A. Mm-hmm. 
right now that there's a religious liberty issue such that it's incumbent upon us and our consciences to resist and fight back what's being handed to us. And I think maybe one way that that comes up is thinking about, oh, not being able to have services right. is somehow some kind of uh, restricting. And yes, God wants us to gather together. In fact, the word church means assembly or mm -hmm. gathering, right? And so there's a sense in which, yeah, we, we can't do that in this moment. And there's limitations in that regard. This is also a virus that spreads very rapidly in large groups of people in a room together for extended periods of time. Yeah. And like, there's a reality of the fact that even if there weren't government reg regulations right now forcing us to stay uh, in live streaming, we probably would still be live streaming. Yeah. It, because exactly. we believe it's yeah. better for the health and safety of people. And, 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 and the reality is too, like we, at, at this point, like we, we're pastors who are spending our days teaching, studying, caring for you, having conversations with you, seeking to, to lead the church and care for our communities and love our neighbors. Like we, we are, uh, we, we are leaning on the guy, the, the recommendations, the guidelines and the expertise of the, of the government and the healthcare systems, right? That exist. We're, we're not epidemiologists. Like we're not trying to like figure out. It, I it doesn't matter what I have read a few articles recently. Though. <laughs> it makes me feel like I've it. heard actually that if you've read more than two articles, yeah, you're an expert. I mean, I read the headlines, but <laughs> but it, it, now it. I will say it's interesting because the experts aren't going to be 100 percent right They're not, all the time, which is and okay. A lot of a totally. lot of the, and there's experts that will disagree at different points on different things. Absolutely. How quickly. Uh, what it looks like to open up, how quickly yep. you do things. how, And so it is a little bit muddy in some ways that it For can sure. be, as you say, I'm going to listen to experts. But you, you know, mm -hmm. um, Scott Mel, are not an epidemiologist. So the experts that are, mm -hmm. are the ones that you try to listen to and you have wisdom as you navigate this. And we're going to discern that. And I think it gets back to our question. Like, we're going to discern that in wisdom. But one of the, one of the guiding principles there, right, is not just what do I think is best for me, but is also like what is our what, what are the governing authorities that God has been asking us to do in love as we consider one another and, and so so if then it's not a like this in particular is not like a direct assault on religious liberty I think it does though connect us to the just the the, the number of concerns of theories of potential conspiracies that are floating around out there in the news, in mainstream media, in non-mainstream media, in you know every person's Twitter feed or Facebook forward or what, what like I think it's actually maybe helpful to in light of that not only talk about how we are going to relate to the governing authorities, but also maybe to take a step back and talk a little bit about how we should relate to the glut of information that we get as we try to parse through when, when there are all these disagreeing opinions and um, when we just, yeah, hear something new every day from all sorts of different sources. Like how should we even, how should we interact with that? How should we think about it? And, both individually and as a church. So, um, you know, Matt talks about wisdom, and I think that's that's not just needed for, for us pastors right now, though it is particularly needed for us, um, given the kind of the leadership and responsibility we have. I think it's needed for all of us right now, because wisdom is, in some ways, the ability to parse through these things and get to the truth and how that ought to inform how you live. Um, 
And one of the struggles is that we tend to uh, think in relatively small kind of pithy arguments. Um, and then we, it's very easy for us in the world we live in to kind of swim with the culture and then attribute the, to the other side these egregious anyone who disagrees with us is just kind of egregiously wrong and so a great example would be you know this idea of opening reopening how you reopen when you reopen and what that looks like um you've got some people who are saying you know how how can anyone want to reopen you know don't they they must want to kind of sacrifice people's lives you know, like, like well probably i mean maybe some people but probably not that's probably not what's going on yeah. christians should be the first people to be humble enough to know that we shouldn't cast aspersions without doing our work um, that we should be able to disagree with someone when we know what they actually think, not just what we think they think. And on the other side of it, you have these people who are saying, you know, well, you know, the, the, the economy is going to kill more people than the disease and yada, yada. And, you know, uh, so it becomes, like Matt said, just very polarized and partisan. And as Christians, our job is to be able to stand in the middle and think well and, and just try hard to not take whatever bumper sticker argument is given to us, but really think through how can I love my neighbor as myself in terms of their opinions and beliefs, in terms of where we go next. Um, and that can be a really difficult thing because it's not something that fits in a tweet and it's not something that tends to get forwarded online or reposted. And it's not something that we tend to hear in uh, any kind of media you listen mm -hmm. to. So for us, I think the challenge and the opportunity is to be people who can think humbly and clearly and well and know that we have a responsibility to do that by loving God with all of our mind. So, so what, is, what, what does thinking humbly look like when you don't really feel like you have the capacity to like read all the articles and fully understand all the different sides, right? Like what... What is what does appropriate humility look like when you know we, yeah we, you c come up against even a season like this your finiteness and your limitations? You know it's interesting because I think in a in a time number one in general where people there's a lot of distrust for institutions and things like that broadly in our society. So people have skepticism towards media or skepticism towards leaders or other things like that. You have that aspect. You have um, you have a lot of conflicting information at different points and a lot of polarization and a lot of people who only listen to the echo chamber of the people I already agree with are going to be the only ones that I listen to. Part of what is hard in this moment and part of what I think relates to the idea of humility when it comes to information and things like that is I think we want more answers than maybe there are right now. I wish we, I, mm. you know, I feel this urge to like want all the answers about everything. And yet there's, we're learning a lot. This is new in a lot of ways and we're still learning things and it's complicated and tricky. And so, but we don't like being in that position of like not knowing. And so I think humility means acknowledging that, hey, we don't know everything and not everyone knows everything right now. And so I, we have to kind of, be patient there's a, a kind of patience towards information right now that we don't normally have to have mm. we don't normally have to have and i think that leads people down uh like a conspiracy theory trap sometimes because the thing about a conspiracy theory is it's airtight it's um explains everything right it's mm. something that 
uh, dots every I and crosses every T on explaining absolutely everything. And in a, in a time of uncertainty, having certainty like that is really um, comforting to our souls in a lot of ways. But I think there's part of us that um, has to stop in humility and say, we don't have all the answers right now. We're figuring things out. New information is coming out. New studies are being done. There's a kind of patience and a posture of patience towards information that I think um, is really challenging for us, but is part of what it means to be humble. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think that it, I had this, I mean, I actually, I feel like I had this conversation even a couple of different times with a couple of different people this week. Like, I, I think that we can, uh, because there's of that lack of information, we become captivated by anything new. Right, any new tiniest bit of amount of, of information, and so we're we're not only like constantly looking for it, but we're almost like searching for it. And what that ends up doing, even just as a byproduct, is it 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 means that we're captivated with news, right? We're captivated with the news, like whether and whatever format it's coming in. We're that, that's what we're, and it's really ends up being that's what we're meditating on. And when we met, spend our days meditating on that we we by our very nature then are not meditating on christ where we're not meditating on the things that we know are true that we things that we know are eternally true right think and, and it's not to put put them like as I, i'm not saying like be uninformed only read your read your bible but i am asking the question what are you spending your days meditating on like the things that give you security and hope or the things that only reinforce this kind of chaotic um, mental situation, right? Where you just, you're digging and digging and digging, but you, you don't have any, any, any truth or any certainty. God gives us so much truth and certainty about who he is, about what's eternally true, that then, then when, we're, when we're meditating on that, when we're captivated by that, we then can go, and I think that frees us to uh, engage with information with that kind of, humble spirit, right? That isn't dependent on it having to be, explain everything, right? This, oh, that, that's interesting. I, I can consider that as within this God-centered worldview. Yeah, it's almost like the lens through which you read it yes. is the certainty you have about who God is and what he declares to be true. Whereas oftentimes we read, honestly, we read news through the lens of whatever our current political perspective already mm -hmm. is on the situation mm -hmm. and it tends to just reinforce like an echo chamber what we already believe mm -hmm. and so w you can read the same story as someone else and they can walk away with it with their beliefs already confirmed or someone else with their beliefs already confirmed in different directions the same exact news story or you can have certainty in who God is and have a humility that says okay that's interesting how does how does that fit into the larger puzzle under God in God's world I think is a, a very difficult but a nuanced kind of thinking that maybe um, this time especially calls us towards yeah and, and, and I think it starts with having like honestly just at a very basic level like spending more time looking at God and interacting with eternal truth than interacting with the kind of new news information that's that, that's pointing to you which I, I mean I think for for any of us would like we, we find that challenging right we're like wait, wait, wait like I, I can't read my bible or like do studies or like you know spend time talking with people about god as much as i talk about or read like my twitter feed or these articles or you know my 
cable news channel of choice. But I, I think that that's actually exactly what the Lord, Lord calls us to because it becomes, uh, yeah, well, I mean, like I said before, it becomes our meditation in so many different ways. Well, I think there's a responsibility, too, that we have to do those sorts of things. Like yeah. <clears throat> it's one thing to say that will kind of go better for you, and that's true. Yeah. Um, I think we have a responsibility. If, if the greatest mm-hmm. commandment is to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, then part of loving God is anchoring yourself in something that gives you a perspective to actually do that. So it's, yeah. it's, that's not like an optional no, thing. Absolutely. Like, and, and so basically conceding that, well, I'm not going to actually get at any kind of truth, so I'm just going to go with what seems right to me from the get-go is a way of not loving God with your mind. Mm. I think that's, that's just, it's important to say that kind of directly because that's not like an option for us. Um, we are called to love God with our minds such that we care about the truth, not just the truth that resonates with us off the bat. And then on top of that, loving your neighbor as yourself, I think is massively important now when you, th- I mean, just to use kind of the, the, it's a bit of stereotype, but like if you're, if you're a Wall Street Journal reader, how do you love your neighbor that writes for the New York Times as yourself when you read them? Mm. If you're a New York Times reader, how do you love your neighbor who writes for the Wall Street Journal as yourself when you read them? there needs to be a kind of charity that we have mm. and a kind of grace that we show and a desire to understand where people are coming from in the complexity of life and the complexity of what's going on around us that is not something that's optional for Christians. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do see a lot. Of, now, I don't necessarily see a lot of it in the church, but I see a lot of it out kind of around the church mm-hmm. that makes it feel hopeless to do things like this. And I, I would want to tell us it's not a, it's not hopeless. B, it's a, it's a responsibility for us to, to do our best to think clearly, to know what we can know and what, we, and what we can't know, and to know the gradations of that, and to be people who use our minds to be understanding about so, what's real in the world. So, yeah. Brian, can you answer something for me? Because this is an interesting, it's an interesting question. And actually, I think it's very relevant on the ground practically for people as they engage with news in whatever form it takes. It's interesting to have the, the posture of like charity but how do you reconcile that also with the reality that people in news agencies have particular perspectives and approaches that yeah um, it's a great th- question that, that affect their so I, like I don't think we need to be naive and think like oh everyone just has everyone's best interest in mind right like we live part of understanding the world from God's perspective is also recognizing that the world itself functions very differently than uh, than God's kingdom right in in a lot of ways and there is power and politics and pulling back and forth. So I guess what the question I would say, and, and I think it's relevant, is what would you, what does it look like to read charitably, but also not naively when it comes to news that you Yeah, it, it, to me that's part of the beauty there is where the commandments tend to play together. Um, so loving God with all your mind means you can't love falsehood. Like that's just, <laughs> it doesn't work. At the same time, loving your neighbor as yourself means that even if they are saying something that's false, you're understand you're seeing that noticing that and doing it in a charitable fashion mm-hmm. and so uh one of the one of the uh, the rules that i've i teach a class on, on this um and i've had it taught to me before one of the rules in any kind of disagreement is you have to be able to state the other person's argument in a way that they would say i couldn't have said it better myself before you can critique it that's just a way of loving your neighbor as your mind as yourself is reading charitably while disagreeing while thinking that they are missing certain facts or missing certain issues. It's not just a, a posture of niceness. It's a care with the truth and understanding that we need to love God with our mind enough to find that truth, but also love our neighbor as we parse through what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And on, I, I, to add to that, um, another piece of the puzzle 
in that is going to be understanding that we ourselves, I, I don't know anyone, I don't, I don't think I know a single person who would say, oh yeah, I'm like hopelessly partisan. I know a lot of people who don't think they're very political um, and yet who have the exact same, maybe not the same volume, but the same knee-jerk reaction. We all have these things. We all have the, the place we're coming from, the thing that makes sense to us, the thing that's sort of like a default, obvious understanding of, of what's going on, that if someone disagrees with it, they're just sort of on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for this is incumbent for all of us. Like this is not just a, a kind of thing where we're talking about people who are really extreme. Every single person listening to this, my, us included in the room, need to have this sense of, no, 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 I, I need to be able to consider others more significant than myself and how I read and love the truth enough to where even if we disagree, I'm doing it in a charitable way. I'm looking to, to, for their benefit and their good as we disagree. I'm, I, I want to find the truth of the situation as best that, as I can, knowing that that truth will be partial, but that I'm going to do it in a way that's caring and loving and not accusatory mm-hmm. and not derogatory. Or dismissive. Yeah, or dismissive. Yeah. Well, we've traveled a bit of a journey, <laughs> but actually, I think it's a really important journey. I think it's, it's, it's the right one we should have. I, I also think there's a lot more to say about this, um, particularly this year in the sure. political yeah. context. And so um, I, I think as we go in, in coming months, I think we'll have the opportunity to, to, to do that. I, I look forward to kind of just wrestling through it and, and, and trying to, to think through these things more. But I, I hope that, that if you're listening, this, this gives you at least a, a little bit more of an, of an encouragement in how to think well and how to think with humility and in how to respond to and react to the, the unfolding situations, unfolding news that comes in, the unfolding guidelines that either are loosened or tightened or tweaked uh, in, in various different ways over the coming weeks and months. Um, I, I hope this has encouraged you to, be, to set you up to do so increasingly with humility, with a love for God that is captivated by him, that's the, the worldview that's meditating on him, and that from that captivation is, is striving to similarly love your neighbor uh, with humility, gentleness, Uh, compassion, uh, even meekness, and and genuine love. So, uh, hope this is helpful. We will see you virtually on Sunday.